All right, everybody. The Colorado Avalanche and the Dallas Stars played their opening game of the regular season. No, that was a preseason game, what we saw last night. But that was a lot of fun. A very entertaining game. Almost everybody that you can think of played as far as your starters go. And the Avs had to fight and claw to come back and take a 2-1 to victory. I was rooting during that game like it was a regular season game, and I found myself thinking, like, this is just preseason. But if that didn't get you excited for what's to come for another season of Avalanche hockey, I don't know what will. A lot to talk about in this game, so let's get to it. Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, man, when the when the Nico goal went in, I gave a fist pump. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. That, that that was an exciting preseason game, and and I don't usually say that all that often. You know, I I wonder if it has something to do with us not having to scan every possible like nook and cranny of the internet to find a game and it actually be on <laughs> national television. That was nice. That was an added <laughs> bonus. Uh so, yeah, a good game, 2-1 to one victory for the Avs in their final preseason game against the Dallas Stars. We'll talk all about it, and we'll kind of throw out who we feel is going to make this team. Up until now, we've kind of thrown around this guy, maybe that guy, but we're going to put down our Stone Cold. Remember Mike and Mike used to do the Stone Cold lead pipe yeah. locks? Um, that's what we're going to do for who we think are the, the last players to make the team. Uh, but first things first, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. You can follow us on our social media outlets, LOPN underscore avalanche on Twitter, locked on avalanche on Instagram, questions, comments, concerns, and opinions, locked on avalanche at gmail.com and follow us on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. All right, sir. So, uh, yeah, a lot to talk about with this game uh, because this was in your in the previous game. You got a good chunk of your your regular roster, who's going to be make up most of your regular roster. In this game, it was everybody, save Gabe Landeskog, because he obviously is out. Uh, but you did get Nachuskin in there, which is nice because up until now, we've been hearing that he might be a game time decision on opening night. So the fact that he's playing a full week ahead of that makes you feel really good, and he played fantastic. Um, but overall, of uh, an entertaining back-and-forth game, and the Avs needed two goals in the second, one to tie it, and then the second one to take the victory. Overall thoughts on on the game, even though it was preseason, but still a lot to digest. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic to see Nuke back out there. It looks like they... Uh, Nuke and JT Confer traded the no contact jersey because yeah. it looks like he's with the no contact now. Um, and we were just saying in yesterday's episode, we need to see the stars more. We need to see the big names. And you get to see Nathan McKinnon. And it sure was nice to see national television talk about him being the highest paid player in the league. You kind of kind of felt good about that. But then you're going to follow him around all season long, by the way. And it's it's yeah. so nice. It's yeah. like. We can have nice things in Colorado. What do you know? And, <laughs> and then you go through like the possible like injury. Like, oh no, is Nathan McKinnon hurt? What's going on with his wrist? Like, it it like I yeah. agree with what you were saying. It felt like a regular season game where you're like, oh, this matters. Like, I care about this 
player being injured or it's good to see this player back. Like it's good to see the guys you fell in love with during the cup run. And you did like when Nathan McKinnon, you could tell like just by his body language, it wasn't too serious. Um, But when he went back into the locker room, there was like 33 seconds left. And I I honestly didn't panic on like, it's a preseason game. He's just getting into the locker room a little bit earlier. If it was a regular season game, he probably wouldn't have done that because who knows what could happen in the last 30 seconds and they might need him. So I wasn't panicked, and I mean, he he was. You always hear about those guys uh, when they're, when they're having a really good preseason, and and that the term of like, oh, he's in midseason form. Nathan McKinnon totally is. Like, I, I cannot wait to see what he does in game one, and for the eighty-one games that follow for this season, he looks like. Uh, one cup is not going to like put out that fire that's inside this guy. He was amazing and he was everywhere. That's always in the back of your mind a little bit when it comes to Nathan McKinnon, like how do you handle like signing the contract and you haven't seen him in preseason? Like, does he still have that fire? Does he still have that edge? Is he still crazy? Does like, what does Nathan McKinnon look like going forward? and you get to see it and you got to see he's a little bit more rabid than ever it's like the season never stopped for him so i don't know Mm -hmm. what he's doing if he's shooting on those ratty old nets that he's got back home but he looked he looked ready to go he did he did um as far as the lines went your your top line was lekanen mckinnon and rantanen it's a lot of ends um (laughs) And then your second line was Nachuskin, uh, Newhook, and Rodriguez. I thought the top six looked very good. Um, you, you, things were just a little bit off, which you kind of expect. But I thought they were fine. I thought the passes were were pretty crisp. I, I, I was fine with how the passes were. Normally, that's the thing that 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 comes like the 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 very last thing for teams to really kind of get on track with is the passing. It's always a little bit off. I thought the passing was fine. Oddly enough, like the finishing was off. Like they had so many times where you felt like a, a play was, was coming to fruition and, and, a, and a play was just opening up. And then that pass would just be a little bit off, but just the tape to tape passes going, you know, from, from defense to offense and moving the puck up the ice that just seemed like it was they didn't haven't missed a beat, uh, but they they were creating chances, especially on the power. I was I was thinking in my head, okay, power play looks really good, and we have nothing to show for it. So the power play is in midseason form yep. already. We look, we're right back to where we were. <laughs> right, exactly. So I thought things looked good, and and it was just those uh, kind of like those high danger um, chances they were missing on them. And that's okay. I mean, th- th- that stuff will come around. But, man, I thought the power play looked good. They were winning draws in the zone. That drove me crazy last year, how many times they would start a power play, obviously in your offensive zone, and lose the faceoff and then get cleared. I know it's not a big deal, but sometimes it is a big deal because that's 15 seconds that are gone that you could have held the puck in your zone. And they did a great job on that yesterday. Yeah, it, it, it echoes uh, that athletic article that we were talking about yesterday, um, how they talked about like the top six being just like leaps and bounds above the rest of the league. You could see it. 
Like the Avs, we're complaining about us not being able to finish setup chances. And like every team we've played so far, they are having problems just passing the puck. And we are talking about putting it in the net. Mm. Like it could have been easily one of those six, seven, nothing games for the Avalanche if they could have just put it away. Like even Cogliano looked like Miko at points in this game with like setup passes and like he's he's pretty far down on the uh on the death chart but oh, yeah yeah it's just how the team was buzzing and you could see really like there's a difference when nathan mckinnon's out there yeah and there's a reason why we pay him the money that we're paying him the team reacts to nathan mckinnon being out there and we still haven't seen landis out there so just wait until he joins the team. It's going to be a completely different animal. Yeah. Uh, you had uh, Miko Renton, I thought was like up and down and, um, he, he late in the third, I think the Azure on a power play and he just like the puck just rolled right off his stick and went out of the zone. And then he, I mean, he collected it. Nobody was around him. He brought it back into the zone and then lost it again. And you're like, okay, well, yeah, preseason. Okay, just keep that in the forefront of your mind. And then he followed up with a, a game-winning goal. So I, I thought he was uh, kind of up and down as far as the top six guys go. But um, that's what makes great players good. They, they correct mistakes. And for him, it was in the form of a goal. So I don't really have any complaints on on, on the top six. Um Bottom six was a little bit of a different story. I think they played well. They played hard. But how we're saying, like, the, the top six guys were generating offense and, and generating chances. Uh, the, the the bottom six guys struggled to do that. Um, they didn't look bad. But there was it was just night and day between and, – and it makes sense. I mean, that's normally yeah. what happens on a hockey team. But when, when, when your, your top six guys – and when you have Nathan McKinnon just flying around and Cam McCarr flying around, and then the bottom six are just out there skating and just trying to keep puck possession, it's it's like two different teams that were out there. Um, so I, I don't think there was anything negative about uh, the bottom six guys. We'll talk about, like I said, who, who we think are going to make the cut. Uh, but I think this was Ben Meyer's best game Yep, in the preseason by far. And you mentioned like the two different, that feel of two different teams playing out there. And it's honestly, it's those that are the Colorado Avalanche and the team that is trying to find their place on the Colorado Avalanche. Mm, that right. is the two mentalities. And that you can feel it. Like everybody's kind of proving themselves. And that, that bottom six, that top six, they're right back to where they were. They know exactly what they're doing. They're clocking in, going back to work. Everybody else is still trying to figure out what they need to do. Mm. So I, I anticipate you get that feel out of the top six and the bottom six for at least the first month of the season. Everybody's still trying to establish what they're bringing to this new squad. But I don't know if you want to talk about it now or in the next segment, but the the thing that stood out to me the most in this game is the new little wrinkle that the Avalanche brought in um that okay. i messaged you about um hold that thought yes that yes that, oh. if, if that if that's not a, a reason to to make you uh stay through the bet online ad i don't know what it is but betonline.net here it is 
Uh, you know it, and you love it. It's your number one source for football betting and, of course, now hockey in another week. Uh, find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. As always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, the NHL, MMA, boxing, and even golf. So head on over to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. That is betonline.net where the game starts. Bing. Got it. All right. Yeah. So um, I think it was Peter Ball who posted something the other day about he was at practice and he noticed the abs going with three defensemen on the power play two. And I remember seeing that and I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. There's no way they'll do that in an actual game. It still remains to be seen if they will do it in, in a regular season game, but they did it against Detroit or excuse me, against Dallas. Um, pretty interesting. Pretty curious. It was Byram. It was Taves and it was Gerard. So, is this something that we're going to see in the regular season? I don't know. I absolutely love it. <laughs> it okay. was like I saw it and how they reset and it just it's it puts this new wrinkle and new dynamic on how you operate a power play and what you how you like how you stop the power play. Right. I think you, if, if nothing else it 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 it's two different worlds power play one is is coming at you full force and this one's a little bit more reserved like power play to a little bit but you still have offensive capabilities clearly even with your defensemen mm-hmm. hey, you give bo byron the chance to kind of break out and almost be uh, it's a soccer term but like be a midfielder like um like you, yes you're technically defense but you could float you have the potential yeah. to be a forward in this, and it's all reactionary on what the penalty kill is giving you. If they're overbiting on who you have down there in the slot, you can maneuver Bo Byram into that spot. But if you need, you could pass around, and you're not going to get beat on that weird, like five to six seconds after the everything goes back full strength, and it's that weird transition, mm. like that. I, I really like all of the options this opens up and I want to see it in regular season form. Yeah. If this well, is gimmicky or if this is actually something you can build on and sustain. If, if it's not something that you see in game one, I think you'll see it at some point. Mm-hmm. I do. I think maybe if things aren't going well for the abs in, in, in a power play, like you're going to have that during the course of a season, you're going to have, ups and downs when it comes to a power play i think this is just a third option to throw in there rather than just throwing out the same two power play lines and eventually just overcoming whatever struggles you're going through in a power play throw these guys out there because in in the power play too like i think i don't say people forgot about it but taves and gerard work incredibly well on the second power play and they they really police that blue line and they have this little like give and go play that opens up 
uh, Taves for a, a good shot or a shot pass or whatever the case may be. But those two guys work very, very well in the power play too. And yeah, throw Byram in there. It's almost like throwing another forward in there if you if you you know really want to think about it that way. And it, and it if this is something the Avalanche are going to commit to going forward in the season, um, we're going to talk about it in a minute. But who makes the team? Mm-hmm. This casts a different light on possibilities for roster players because this opens up so many new things for so many different players, and this could be something that really could add to the avalanche going forward. It could be just because JT Confer's not there that they're doing this. You know what I mean? Who, who knows what the reason is? But because who's going to uh, – I'm trying to think of who the two – who were the other two out there other than who were the forwards? I, I think it was um, – it had to be Rodriguez because I think Newhook was on the first – I, uh, I was been... watching that. <clears throat> I was watching the blue line like a hawk. Mm. I honestly didn't pay attention to who had they had down there because I was trying to see what the philosophy was that they were trying to set up. And it reminded me weirdly of the Tyson Berry days, how yeah. Barry and EJ used to act on that blue line. It reminded me a lot of that. Mm. And I was trying to figure out what they were doing there. I did not pay attention to the forwards. Yeah, and if we scored on that, I would have been like oblivious and probably had to track who did score because I was trying to understand what they were putting into place. Yeah, it was interesting, uh, a different look. That's what I love about Bednar. <clears throat> I mean, what team is, is is doing this? None. <laughs> and that's exactly what I, I was going to. I've like we watch so much hockey, and. It's whatever hockey's on, we're watching. It doesn't matter what level, what league, like if it's hockey, we're like, you don't see that much innovation coming mm-hmm. to the game. And like, this is something new and it, for it to be an avalanche thing, this is cool. I could roll with it. Like mm-hmm. I, it's nice that we could put our logo on it, but like, this is, if this is something that Bednar has been working on, I can't wait to see what else they have because this is preseason they're not going to show everything they have in the bag now so what yeah. else are they doing uh that's a good point could be other things that we uh, what what trick plays or do they got what what didn't flicker, they show us flicker. in that minnesota game yeah now it's yeah, a conspiracy yeah. theory what are they working on <laughs> um as far as stats go in this game well actually i wanted to talk about um the one goal that Dallas did score. And if you watched on TNT, if you watched the intermission, uh, the panel was really kind of focused mm-hmm. in and talking about this. Uh, maybe a little bit too much because it's it's a preseason game. I get why they were were you know discussing it. And I actually uh agreed with uh Bissonette on this one, and I typically don't agree with him, <laughs> but um he, I think he was right. Like the game happens just so fast. Alex Newhook just went too deep. Yeah, he really did. And and it's just, you know, that that stuff that okay, like that's I don't say like yeah, it's fixable. That's a very easy and simple conversation. Don't go that deep. You have your defensemen going that that's what they're for. If he can make that pass from the one of the one the boards to the other side through three of you guys, God bless him. Yeah, but you need to pick up the guy that scored the goal who just sat right in the slot and and as soon as he got that pass, I was like, here comes a goal. That's just yeah. tough to stop. 
And, you know, I don't put the blame on Alex Newhook, but he should have just tracked that a little bit better. And he went way too he, – he was basically – he just made Sam Gerrard bigger yeah. because he was right on his hip. And and Sam Gerrard's got that. He's got that area. Uh, was it was it Taves on the outside or was it – I think it – it might have been Johnson. I think it was Eric Johnson who it was, was out there. It, yeah, time. it was EJ. <clears throat> so he's got that. He's got the player with the puck. You got Sammy G kind of in the middle – going back towards the goal and new hook doesn't need to be there with him. Stay, stay up a little bit. And, and it, it's just a, a mistake, but a easily fixable one. And the thing that really did it for me, it was new hook and all this conversation we've had all off season about can new hook step up, be in that role. Like this is new hook being on basically national televisions, uh, preseason game like this is them ironing everything out as well getting ready for the regular season they took your mistake and put it on blast to have a segment (laughs) so so true there's no way he's going to avoid this this is going to really improve new hook this is going to go from just a a locker room like looking at the game tape to hey we really got to correct this i know everybody's watching me now this is only going to build up new hooks. So I was, yeah. while they were breaking it down and talk it and biz were going back and forth. I was like, yes, keep going. New hooks yeah. listening. Keep going. It will be. Yeah. 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 So, so that is what it is. But I, I thought he played well uh, over, yep. overall, Alex Newhook. I did. Um, and I think he's kind of got that to see kind of locked up. If you ask I me. Think so. <clears throat> um, all right, let's get into kind of what, what we feel this team is going to look like. And like like we said the the other day, uh, it's going to look different because Gabe Landeskog's not there. Uh, so it's going to look different to start the season, however long Gabe Landeskog misses. Uh, it's a little bit different, not this massive overhaul, obviously. So he, he's a big deal. So, you know, your, your guys like Kaut and Myers and Sedlak. Um, who else is, is kind of like fighting for, let me see. I had the lines here. Um, that, okay. Let's, let's get it out there. I don't hmm. know how you pronounce his name comments. If you could do it, but oh. blah, I think the D is silent. Blah. I think it's just like, like, yeah, something like blah. that. Okay. As far, as far as I know. Yeah. They, they say so, it so quick. Like I can't, I can never pick up on it, but he, he was out there for less than 10 minutes. Um, he keeps popping in and out. He's invisible. I have no idea what he does, what he brings to the team, what he's taking away from the team. He's he's a ghost. Eh. So that's one of those like because honestly, the roster that you saw last night against Dallas, there could mm. there's some pieces you could swap in and out, but that might be your roster against Chicago because Nuke is back. So you got that taken care of. Yeah. No JT Comfer. So we could well, swap. What's, what's, is Comfer, I mean, are, are they said Comfer is going to be out? He's for... in no contact sweater. So right, I mean, they got a week though. You know what I mean? They, they have a week before they're playing. So I, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm kind of just assuming he's going to play and maybe okay, I shouldn't do well, that, but I, we can, we can do that. We yeah. can, we could roll with that. Okay. So you're not going to have, Landy. Landeskog, and that's really it. Yeah, because Nuchuskin is there. So, input JT Comfer here, likely on the third line. 
Um, <clears throat> so yeah, you got you got two spots, right? Yeah, you got two spots that are are going to be up to start the regular season. Who are I, they for you? Ben Myers is number one. I think I think Myers has played himself in like he he took the preseason and and did what someone who is on like the the towing that line riding that fence uh, of what they can do the way he started the preseason and preseason's games wasn't really active didn't yeah. really see it and I think he just. He's a young dude. You know, he only got five NHL games. And although this is preseason, I think maybe there were some nerves there. Uh, but he just got progressively better as the preseason went on. I think he's a shoo-in. I think Ben Myers is a shoo-in. So now it's it's and I think we're both in agreement with that. So now it's uh who's got that last spot. And you know, the opposite of that, I kind of feel is true for Martin Cow. I think Cal started. Well, he started a little bit rough. He had some silly a penalties. A lot of bit rough. Yeah, and then he he kind of improved a little bit. But that improvement to me wasn't wasn't so great that I think he he makes it because he kind of went back down again, and then he was a little bit invisible, and he did get hurt. I didn't see it, but he did get hurt a little. But he came back, so okay, he's fighting through an injury. I don't know. I just. Maybe he makes it because Landeskog's not there. But when Landeskog comes back, uh, I, I think he's probably if he's one of the two guys that make it. Myers is staying, mm -hmm. and Cowd is a guy going down. But I I thought uh, Sedlak was a guy that was was going to make it, and I kind of still feel that way. And, I, and not by because he's blowing me away, just because I think he's he's kind of a solid player and and he fits a little bit. So I'm going to I'm going to give you and this is something I've been thinking about. This has been my this has been on my mind all day long. Mm -hmm. Two names, one that we've been talking about and one that we haven't. Okay. J-Mac? Yes, and he got hurt. So I don't know, but yes. Where's Darren Helm? Um, he, I think he was he a lower body injury. I feel so, and I think he's another one that I I is kind of on the fence on if he's going to be game one. I don't okay, know because I yeah, feel... I mean if he's if he's in there, we're not even talking about him. If he's in there, then we're even cutting it even. Yeah, it's it. I have shorter. like I know I I know he's been with the the hurt skaters mm -hmm. but i was trying to figure out how close he was because we keep talking like there's two but if helm's good helm's back like it's yeah Myers. oh my god yeah. and then yeah, yeah. here we go <clears throat> yeah and it, it i don't it's a weird thing with with uh helm you haven't really been hearing a lot of what's going on with him as far as i know it's 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 a mystery i don't know it, i think they're just giving you the lbi or ubi whatever one he has and then we'll wait and see but i i don't know but that's right i mean if he's in there then then you're even so let's say that i mean if if he's in there um confer's in there we we know like we're saying gabe's not going to be there so it could Myers. potentially be just one guy 
for me, it's Myers. Yeah, it's Myers. It is. It's Myers. So, uh, and I feel like Myers it? is going to have, um, it's going to be an echo of the new hook, um, trajectory. Like, I feel like this is going to be Myers, like, prove it year, like new hooks last uh, year. And then it's, it's a little bit early for that. I think to, to, to I, just prove have it, this, but... I have that feeling when it comes to watching his play and how he's making the team, like he's had some guys really make a name and really shine and then not yeah. shine guys that need to make their due, make their time. Like, and he's stuck this. around. If let's say two months into the season, something happens there's an injury somewhere um that they need to promote someone from bottom six i could see them propping up ben myers before jt convert i do too i could see that happening i could too yeah um so yeah but you know what we have to do talk about as well because we didn't mention him at all alexander georgiev um i it was it was good it was a very good game by him. How many shots on they, they? I mean, they threw 18 shots on goal in, in the first period. They ended up with 33. Both teams had 33 shots on goal. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm, I am continuing to be impressed by like, and I like how he had that horrible game against Vegas and his next start, he did this. Yep. And like we're saying, this is as much of a real felt like a real game. Uh, real game speed. Your most of your uh, roster players are on there, so he turned aside thirty-two shots. Um, I do. I I, I I think he's pretty quick. I think he has some pretty good quickness. He has some really good reflexes. Um, I feel like he he tracks the puck pretty well. So I want to see now. We, now now the real test begins. We're getting to regular season stuff. I was hoping you wouldn't mention him because I didn't want to have to <coughs> admit that he's, he's going to be nice. Yeah. But hey, he, he did. He looked <laughs> he really did. good. Everything that we said about Frankie in the last game, you can easily say about Yorgi sure. and what he did. Like his puck tracking is great. His rebound control, how he follows the puck even after it, after he blocks it off of himself, he knows where it's going. So he's already checking boxes that we haven't had to haven't had to check in the past couple of years. The one yeah. thing I will say, mm-hmm. that one goal that Dallas should have had, where they oh, kind he, of airmailed it yeah. and he was floating. He was I behind had, the net? Yeah, I had yeah. terrible flashbacks to Varley days. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that, that was a bad play. That was a bad play, but those are going to happen. But um, on, over, like, if you, you were grading him, this was like a, a flat A night for his production like i loved watching him like take those shots and then continue to find it and he gets right back up yeah and that's as much as i liked darcy kemper kemper just sat there for a, a couple seconds and yeah. and he, <laughs> he didn't know where the rebound freeze. yeah like he didn't know where the rebound would go and it's like you said like seems like you like knows like okay like i didn't stop this and i know which direction it went so i'm gonna go to that side of the goal to you know it's, it's just it seems like his his, his awareness is there uh, and i'm not coming down on kemper because he's not with the avalanche anymore i liked him i wanted him back but that was the one thing for me that and again i've never played i didn't play the position 
but I keep saying this, like, you know, I was a catcher and quickness uh, is huge in being a catcher. So um, I think that was the one thing that lacked with, with Kemper. And I think you have it with Georgia, but he looked good. And just to update everybody, Darcy Kemper did lose a skate blade last night in his preseason. No, are I'm you not serious? Yeah. Uh, Lisa, she was on um, yeah. the episode. She messaged and said, hey, by the way, just to let you know, Darcy lost a skate blade. He's in oh. midseason form. Oh my god! I said all I said back was, <laughs> "He's your problem now." <laughs> was I, I gotta go watch it now? Like, was it his fault, or I, I or, didn't get or to was see it, it. The typical? He just is standing there, and a skate blade falls off. Yeah, oh she just let me know that, so I had to forward that along to Avalanche fans. Darcy that's, is that's doing hysterical. Darcy things in Washington in the, in the preseason, no less. Oh boy. Uh, we're going to end on that note. So, uh, all right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Start commenting away. Or did you like what you saw from who? Did you not like what you saw from somebody else? Uh, and if not Myers, who? Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, I think he's got it wrapped up. But um, throw out suggestions and, and guesses. So, all right, that will wrap it up for today. Thank you for making Locked On Avalanche your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. Uh, and we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli, and we will see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go. Go, Abs, go.